Thank you very much. So actually, I, I talked with Michael. I have been here like uh, three years ago. So I really enjoy this small meeting. People can have lots of um, interaction, communication. So and I will come anytime, just interrupt me, ask you questions. I mean, totally welcomed. So, and so today I will talk about landscape. So this is a beautiful landscape. This is Rainier Mountain uh, in Seattle. If you like hiking or like, uh, you know, uh, cycling, so this. Uh, Are you inviting us to visit you? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So yeah, this I came from Seattle, right? This is uh, just from the city. You can view the mountain. It's very really nearby. Just a half hour driving. So um, actually, I'm from the Institute of System Biology. So what? Uh, we are doing is there is basically because now with um, high throughput technology, so we have new data. So we will host one of the uh, TCGA, the cancer uh, uh, genome uh, project. We have data there. Then we have lots of uh, family sequencing. Um, maybe I think the one of world largest the family sequencing. We sequencing grandparents, parents, and children, or even grandchildren. So lots of, uh, basically when we get this new data, we want to use this new hypothesis to drive to understand how this works. And also I think in the institute we're quite small, people can talk with everybody else. We only have nine faculties without any uh, department. So it's a highly interdisciplinary and uh, collaborative, uh, collaborative things. So here, uh, today I will talk about the, the cell differentiation. So here we know um, everybody um, at this metadata we all study. We think in conference we we'll talk about this, the evolution, uh, the, the bottle, the bottleneck. So we always start with one zygote, and then you will go to different cell types. And the different cell types you will see they all have different gene expression patterns. So then the question, I think the fundamental question is, when we have uh, different, we have the same genome, right? We have actually one lung uh, DNA chain. So we, how could we get one genotype? You could actually have so many different cell types. So um, for example, here if we look at the liver, so they have special liver specification, uh, specific gene expression. So we, we want to understand how this multipotency is. Because like uh, this year's, uh, last year's, this Nobel Prize this have an IPS cell. So from the muscle cell, you just change four uh, transcription factors, and you can recover the cell's multipotency. So how to understand this multipotency, how to understand this cell differentiation. So uh, usually people will consider, if I'm liver cell, right, so I usually will have the liver-specific transcription factor. They turn on all the liver-specific uh, genes or proteins. So um, this usually uh, traces back to our understanding of the cell differentiation from our um, some model organism like C. elegans. So this had been done by some heroic work by I think Sydney Brenner's group. So they actually found this C. elegans. You have exactly 959 cells, not one more or one less. So every cell lineage is carefully tra tracked and then to see how each cell lineage appear from uh, another. So if you really, you, you, you kill one cell, actually destroy all the cell lineage following that. 
So this is exactly one example. I think it's almost like a precise machine. You just have exactly every part that works. So the same thing if you have the say, uh, elegant, so it's almost like this. If you destroy some cell during the development, you cannot get all the following progeny. So however, if you go to uh, some other animals, for example, like a frog, chicken, or human beings, so before certain time, like uh, one, two, 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 four, four, eight, so before certain uh, time, so if you divide this developing embryo, you will have two independent, uh, a totally healthy chicken or frog grow out of this embryo. So that means there are some amazing robustness during this development. Um, this idea actually has been explained by the Waddington and, uh, in recent years, you can say from Yamanaka, you know, it's lots of ideas. Wow, this is a landscape. I mean, basically everybody has their own uh, favorite uh, pathways or favorite um, uh, uh, so, uh, differentiations. Uh, it's, it's, but there's still, I think, no uh, uh, rigorous definition what the landscape is, or could we actually connect to our known molecular mechanism to understand where this de robustness of development comes from. So here is um, our understanding uh, kind of to, uh, this is a theoretical physics experiment, so we also kind of have a little bit more, uh, uh, yeah, the more theoretical formalism. So, so, so can I ask a question yes. that goes back the slide? Or, yes. Um, or maybe, um, I mean, th those are great slides, but uh, mm -hmm. I want to go back one more. Okay, one more. <laughs> here. Yeah, the tree here, uh, yes. C. elegans. Uh, yes. So, it, Will there, will there be any complications from the fact that this is not strictly speaking a tree because there's cell-cell fusion that happens in C. elegans? That is, cells from different, let's say you have a well-defined tree at a certain stage and cells from different lineages will actually be next to each other. Their, their uh, cell membranes will uh, each give a signal that, oh, let's, uh, let's create a fusion pore and then they open up their cytoplasms and the two cells become one cell and then you don't have a tree anymore, right? Is there, is there a... Yeah, um, so yeah, the question is actually during development, is, is it really strictly a tree? Or possible you could have some uh, from different lineages they actually will merge as one. This actually is totally a valid question, but as far as all the observed fact, this really happened. Uh, this hardly happened. So, at least for the C. elegans case... I think it happens a lot in C. elegans. Um, I, I mean, I know people who study it, so I assume that they're gainfully employed for a while. That they're, they're, they, uh, this is how organs are formed, you could say. It's not just two to the ends, you know, if you have these, these little hiccups. And, but they're very precise. They happen in every C. elegans, just like that, you know? That yeah, yeah, this is definitely possible. Actually, later on I will um, come back to this. Is, um, but what we know is uh, this happens in some animals, yeah. but most time is, like in C. elegans, if you destroy some cell lineage, actually you cannot have other lineage to replace well, this one. The, the cell lineage isn't mm. destroyed, 
It's just the math isn't as simple as a tree. That's all I'm saying. Does that create a problem for your analysis later on? Because trees are so much easier to understand than things with loops. Uh, yes, you're right. Actually, in our uh, later uh, kind of our concept, this is not essential. So actually, from our uh, framework, we can actually also explain how this merge could happen. Okay, all right. Yeah. So just to, to refresh my memory on a point of information, yes. C. elegans, if you try to cleave uh, uh, an embryo after one cell division, it doesn't produce two viable organisms. No, yeah, silicon not. Oh, yeah, the same for the Drosophila also not. So, so from our understanding, so we try to um, understand, uh, so if we start with digos, you can consider, um, for human beings, they have 25,000 genes. So if we consider every uh, gene, uh, the gene expression pattern will be considered as one gene expression will be considered one dimension. So you can understand all the possible gene expression pattern will be like a high dimensional space. So in this high dimensional space, if we assume there's no gene-gene interaction, so actually all the combinations are possible, right? But this is not what we observed in the reality. So usually for human beings, um, I mean, exact number is still debatable, but it's probably 200 or or 300 uh, possible cell types. So that means here, one way to see this uh, idea is actually for the gene expression pattern, uh, why they only certain gene expression pattern or cell type uh, they are possible is because they are gene interactions. So this gene-gene interaction they put constraint of all the possible gene expression patterns. So now we can try. So since yeah. you're going into somewhat mathematical direction, yes. just to make sure I understand, yeah. the edges of these hypercubes are concentration variables. Yes, concentration of the gene expression. And they'll levels. be assumed to be continuous. Yes, continuous. Concentration of a trans. It's actually the transcriptome. Yes. Well, here we 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 be transcription factors. Yeah. Okay. So it's transcription factors. Yes. And in practice. At least sometimes they're yeah. not, they're not very continuous because you may have three to five copies. Yeah, 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 are you yeah right. For that, or are you going to leave that out for now? Um, yeah, for for this, um, this is totally a good question to ask because gene expression could vary several scales, right? You could have some a few copies, some actually will be millions of copies. Yeah. So here, our framework we will actually at this uh, stage we will. Not distinguish them, yeah. So here we will try to understand during cell differentiation from one zygote, one gene expression pattern to reach all other uh, cell expressions, we'll understand the specific gene expression pattern will come from the interaction of these uh, genomes. So this can be visualized as a network, basically the transcription factor interaction among them. Then this we can actually write down, choose any uh, mathematical formalism. Here we can use uh, ordinary differentiation equation, but you can also use Boolean network, use um, yeah, you know, stochastic Boolean. So the basic idea we have is try to understand from a biological observable, so from biological facts, we understand. So there are some gene interaction, 
as a network, could we get an idea how this gene, gene interaction, they put the constraint in your gene expression pattern, then we can really uh, formally build our Netscape uh, Waddington uh, visualized and then use this uh, Netscape to understand how the cell differentiation happen. So here is, we can write down uh, as a ordinary differentiation equation, but we can have a noise term. Um, with this formalism, we try to calcul calculate a potential function. Um, so here we can, because we know in our uh, arbitrary dynamic system, uh, it could never be uh, just a pure potential. So there must be some, uh, rem um, some, some other terms here. So here we try to understand for this, any dynamic system, we can decompose this as one a pure potential side, uh, a pure, pure potential part, and also a reminder part. Uh, we know uh, in physics, you know, you have electronic, magnetic, you know, you have many different ways for decompositions. So here, if you don't have any constraint, you could have hundreds of different decompositions. So here, we decompose this field such as you have a one potential field. Then you have the reminder, so they will be perpendicular to each other. The purpose is when you have a transition uh, from the state A to state B, this transition will be only the function of your potentials. So this is, in some sense, we try to give a mathematical formalism to explain the Waddington's landscape. So how are you defining the inner product that says that they're perpendicular again? Okay, so here is, um, for, the, for the driving force A will be n-dimensional uh, vector. So the gradient of potential is also n-dimensional vector. So it's the sum over all the degrees of freedom. Yes. Is the inner product. Yes. Yeah. And are, is, there, is it your belief that in some sense the potential term, which leads to familiar ideas from statistical mechanics and so forth, the most important part, or perhaps the, uh, the remainder is the most important part? Do you have a, a sense of that, or what is your philosophy? Uh, yes, I, 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 this is a totally right question. So if we have this decomposition, we ask, when we go back to our biological question, which part uh, play a more important role? So this actually, uh, later on I can, we can come more to this, but a kind of, uh, uh, a short answer would be, the, we think during the development, the potential part will play a more important role. So, if Waddington is right, that's certainly true, but presumably <coughs> be able to show that. Yes, right, yeah, this, this we will come back to that, yeah. So, yeah, so the reason why we need such a decomposition is when we, when we have a potential, basically they give us, uh, based on this uh, exponential uh, transition probability, can be derived from this uh, potential field. If you build this potential field, uh, then you can calculate basically the probability of any 
pair of cell types, how easy or how difficult it is for them to make transition. For example, like uh, Yamanaka's uh, discovery of IPS cell. It, we know it's very, very difficult. It's less than if without any optimi optimization, you only four transcribing factor use virtual virus, it's less than 0.1%. So in here we will visualize is actually uh, fully differentiated, not fully differentiated, I mean fibroblast is a progenitor, so it's not fully differentiated, but if you make a fibroblast cell to regain the, the pluripotency, it's actually, it's quite difficult. In this landscape, we will be interpreted. It's not that difficult, it's just a question of finding the right genes, and by now it works pretty well. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, this question is totally valid. I think um, this is the same in the Yamanaka's paper is, they believe there will be a perfect uh, protocol. If you find this protocol, this IPS cell will be easy, yeah? So this certainly is debatable. Um, but in later, uh, I will show. Um, well, I'm not talking about the Yamanaka's paper. That was in 2006. Since, since then, there are probably 300 labs around the world that, that work like crazy on that. And yes. The methods have been optimized a lot. and. Uh, and by now the generation is, is not 0.1%, the percentage is higher than that. Yes, I, I totally agree. Actually, I'm also finding this field. People actually can use vitamin C. You can boost by 10 or you know, 20%. I totally agree. Um, and more than that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, you always have, um, this is a highly uh, researched field. You could have people have many optimized uh, protocol to make this happen. But I think here is, we are not arguing it will be absolute easy or absolute difficult. We just have some relative uh, uh, transitions because later on, um, when we found, uh, for example, I mean, th there's really some papers, because now almost they found many cell lines, you know, pancreas cell, uh, muscle cell, or neuron cells, you can all use some protocol to make back to the iPS cell. But some cells are definitely easier. Right? No matter um, absolute uh, efficiency, you can improve. But the relative efficiency difference is still there. This is what we try to explain. Uh, so it yeah. looks like you're treating the noise magnitude, epsilon, as a constant, but shouldn't it depend on x and so forth? Yeah, this is another very good point. Yeah, so for this noise term epsilon here, actually for us, we we can treat it as, but just in this, um, in the, for example here, right, epsilon, you can actually also be the time uh, function. So this, this, Why should it depend on x? I thought you were introducing it as a constant. Oh yeah, so this is just uh, our uh, easy to present. Actually, we can write down as a full function of the even time and also the space as well. So this actually can still lead, lead us to the same formalism. But I, I, I have a question about what your procedure, what your philosophy is here that is, this question I guess, which is, are you going to, are you constructing uh, an epsilon, if you like, or are you introducing an epsilon? Are, are, you, are you deriving a temperature like Okay, yeah. Quantity, are you introducing it from the beginning? That's yeah. what I don't understand. Okay, yeah, so for this question is, when we try to construct this um, formula to construct this quasi-potential or potential function, 
what is the role of the noise here? So noise here, actually, we take it as it is. So this, you can, so this is not our, we will not construct it. We basically just take it as some noise term by different gene, uh, in different case, you could have different okay. noise term. Yeah. But in fact, I think Max has a valid point in the sense yes. that if, if epsilon is somehow designed to capture the small copy number fluctuations, it will depend on the x's. And that makes the whole uh, theory much more complicated. Now maybe there are other sources of noise where epsilon can be taken to be a temperature-like constant. Yes. But, uh, but in a, uh, you're missing something if you, if you just start there. Yeah, yes. So this actually, uh, we, this totally valid. So here, this epsilon is just considered a constant, a simple case. Actually, we have a following paper, so this already uh, in preparation is put this noise will be a fully uh, function of the time and space. So this is exactly like, uh, uh, like you said, right? This makes whole... Not just time and space, but also concentration of the other variables. Uh, yes, here actually, sorry, I forget to emphasize, X is actually the concentration or expression level of the gene. So th this noise is not, a, is not the, the copy number variation, it's just basically the, when gene expressed, so you could have different, you know, noise terms, so it'd be different. Okay, and then just a point of information, the, the, the uh, cartoon array there, A, B, C, D, E, F, yes. uh, it is intended to represent mostly transcription factors, I presume. Yes. Uh, and can't the arrows go both ways? Why are the arrows only going one direction? Uh, this actually can go both ways. This is what we try to understand. Land a switch or something. Yes. Why is the cell reprogramming? In the mean, 10 or 20 years ago, it's considered a rare event. But now, especially with Yamanaka's discovery, the cell reprogramming is widely exist. And even, I think that like two months ago, I just listened to a cardiovascular researcher. I mean, it's typical, um, just a researcher about the cardiomass size tracing. They found. If you upregulate up, up one gene, it's uh, KLF4, then you find, if you do some very careful tracking, so you will find if you upregulate this one gene, so you can find actually your, uh, your blood vessel cells could spontaneously, just without any external influence, they can change to be cardiomyocyte, found in your heart. I mean, this is totally, uh, you know, surprise, right? If you really follow uh, Drosophila's fixed lineage, uh, fixed uh, trajectory, how could you con consider? This actually back to uh, Greg's question, right? You could actually have cells emerge, they change. So th there could be lots of things happen. So our landscape idea is try to emphasize this cell transition is not just um, fixed, uh, possibly determined. It's actually it's like a landscape. If you have proper perturbation, the cell transition is possible, but with different relative difficulties. So this is the whole idea behind this construction. Um, so let's go on. So I can maybe give a, a small example. Is, so here we have two genes. They could, in many cases, yeah, you know, like uh, in, in pancreas cell or neuron cell, you could always find many genes that have this lateral inhibition. Is one, one gene is high, other is no, or another high, uh, another gene is low. 
So if we can build down this uh, biological facts as a cross inhibition with this uh, measurement and uh, uh, kinetics and then have the uh, inhibition term and also they have some natural degradation term. So with this, um, you can actually translate this uh, small gene circuit into two-dimensional space. So X and Y will be the gene expression level. And if we do some uh, analysis about this dynamic system, then you can see not every point in this uh, X and Y gene expression will be stable. So if we do some uh, st stability analysis, you will find actually in this system, there could be only two yellow dots. There will be stable states. If you do some further linear stability analysis, you can get, um, yeah, so they actually have three steady states, but in the middle one, it's not stable. So that you could have only two uh, stable states. So with this, with this um, formula, we can put noise in. Then you can actually calculate some steady state distribution of all the possibilities. And then if we draw the whole uh, sta stable uh, uh, distribution probability along the whole, uh, all possible x and y states, then you can actually recover some kind of, yeah, this is not exactly, we uh, kind of uh, means different states, they have different relative stabilities. So you can understand for the, if you have the progenitor in some uh, state, then during the differentiation you will be the, uh, this process of differentiation just move from a less stable state to the uh, more stable states. So this idea is just gave us an example to explain from biological facts to cross-inhibition genes. Then we can understand it as a quasi-potential and use this quasi-potential. We get two stable attractors will be corresponding to the uh, robust cell type we observed uh, in reality. And then this will give us the idea why in the total gene expression, uh, all possible uh, combinations, but the only a few they are really, uh, you can be observed in reality. So this is one bi-stability, I think, observed in many cases, you know, bacteria, uh, differentiation, dosophila, many things. So here we try to... Sorry, I, uh, I believe there are two yes. attractors, but there, there's... Is there really a potential? It doesn't... Uh, with that particular system, I don't even think there's actually a potential, in the sense mm -hmm. that there's a gradient that you can put on the right-hand side. Uh, it's, just, it's just not true, right? I mean, as you said, it's, all, it's a miracle if I could write the right-hand side of that pair of differential equations yes. as a gradient of some function of x and y. Yes. And that's not possible here. Yes, you're totally right. So, so, so what, what, what sense is there potential? Yes, yes. Uh, the question is, if we write down the dynamics of two gene expression as this formula, so from this formula, we, we can see there's no possible way to write this as a pure, a pure gradient of one potential field. So this is exactly why we develop this uh, orthogonal decomposition, right? So for this particularly uh, uh, dynamic system, they are not 
you're totally right. There exists no potential uh, function can satisfy there will be a pure gradient. You will definitely have some extra term. So the, the methodology here is we will make the decomposition in such a way the remaining part will be perpendicular to your gradient. So during the transition, then this perpendicular part, the remainder, they will not contribute to your transition. Why? Because during the um, during the transition, for, for some trajectories, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but why would that be the one that would be chosen by itself? Yes, you're totally right. Actually, I think I should uh, stay back to explain a little bit more. And here, so basically, we consider when you calculate the transition um, probability of any two cell types, it's not arbitrary trajectory. So we have to choose a trajectory that give us, so if we define this as a least uh, action function, right? So you could have different trajectory go from A to B. Yeah. Definitely you will give you different action function as well. Right. So for us to uh, quantify this transition probability, so we will not choose any path. This is like in Hamiltonian dynamics, right? You will choose least action Path. Why would biology want to choose at least action path? Um, this is what we understanding is because we consider the driving force for cell type A to B is just by noise. So when you use noise as a driving force, so your transition is actually, of course they could have one case. They will follow any arbitrary path. Yes. But in a large ensemble from this uh, yeah, from uh, this uh, uh, central, uh, the Nimi theory, right? So you basically look at all the, look at the ensemble of transition. So this transition, they will, most cell will follow the least action path, but you still have lots of cell, probably they will not follow. That would be true if it were an equilibrium system and the laws of statistical mechanics applied, but I don't see if the G function is large, why that would be the case in an actual, uh, Genetic switch in a cell. Yes, this is exactly where we'll come back to to trace it. Metric that says that G is small in some. Yes, states. yes, yeah. I don't see don't see the evidence for that. Yes, yeah. This is totally valid question. Yeah, if you have the G far bigger than the uh, gradient part, then the whole uh, whole formalism we will not explain. So this we will back later. So use some of our experimental results actually to uh, to to kind of. Infer. So, any more questions? So, with with this cross cross inhibition, actually, it's widely exist in the uh, human genome. Uh, this uh, transcription uh, regulatory network. So, from this, I think in this uh, workshop we. Have a uh, wonderful uh, speaker talk about this hematopoietic cell differentiation. Actually, in this, uh, you see the cell differentiation, we found uh, many pair of genes that are cross inhibition. If you look at the muscle, you look at pancreas. So, this is one kind of possible 
module of the regulation can give you by stability. And also you could have the auto regulations like the GATA2, you know, the, the PU and um, yeah, so the basic idea here is we back to our first question we want to address is when we have this uh, totally potent, this embryo stem cell. So how this stem cell can actually differentiate into different cell type. So here, our idea is if you really look at this differentiation process, actually you will find many pair of cross inhibition. They are just sitting here and even many more. So this will give us um, the, this differentiation. So here actually is one uh, project uh, from our collaborators. And if we look at the hematopoietic cells differentiation, so we can actually go to the uh, gene expression database. So you can get all the, so here we have 39 cell lines. You can just do the uh, transcriptome measurement, right? You can get the high dimensional gene expression uh, profile. So here, if you take any two cell type, for example, I mean, um, any um, um, the, the plus A or the uh, inside, so like white blood cell or red blood cell, then you can compare the gene expression profile. Then you will, first thing you will ranking, for example, all these 25,000 genes. Then you ranking for white blood cell, then you ranking for red blood cell. Then you will find some gene that are highly expressed in white blood cell, but they are lowly expressed in red blood cell, right? So this, then you can see how many rankings are reversed, right? So here, if we say, because this cross inhibition will be reflected here, just how many this reversal gene pair you have. So if we define this reversal gene pair, which kind of represent your cross inhibition, we use this as a cell distance. So you can actually plot a landscape or sort of this landscape between all these cell types then you can actually compare with the development tree. This you can observe during the real cell differentiation process. Then you can find uh, here the development, uh, uh, development tree and the landscape, they actually, in, some, in most cases, they agree with each other. So with this idea, uh, the uh, even bigger project, this is you take more than 2,000 gene and transcriptome of all known cell types in the, uh, in the database. Then you use the same methodology. Here, you rather than with only one branch, so basically you have the whole development process of all the possible cell types. I think here probably, probably will be around uh, 140. 50, then you can use the same method, then you will also recover this uh, landscape. The idea is because from the biology we observe the, tr the cell appearance uh, sequencing, right? This will be your biological facts. Then you can actually compare with your landscape you ca uh, computed from your transcriptome. Then you can compare, does this a trajectory from this landscape, we agree with your biology uh, observables. So this is one idea of this um, whole 
a landscape. We, we try to find some evidence for this. Joseph, could you go back? I think yeah. I missed the essence of this. It seems mm -hmm. important, but I don't quite yeah. understand it. What, yeah. First of all, what are the numbers? They're, they're just oh. labels, or are those this is, this is, uh, uh, Yeah, different numbers, okay. they are the number of different cell types. Okay, so, so then I see you have a circle yes. with a uh, topographic uh, overlay. Yes. And that's yes. what's illustrated above, is that yes. correct? Yes, okay. exactly. All right, and what, what are the isoclines on the type of topographic? Those represent equal distances from one? Yes. So we define the reversal gene pairs as a distance between cell types. So this, uh, this uh, isoline will be exactly, if you draw the, the same distance around you, then you will have this isoline. So, so, so two cell types that lie on the same isoline will have a similar gene expression pattern? Or? No, they have same reversal gene pairs. That means how many cells, how many gene pairs they have this With cross inhibition? Type one, or with respect, I, I, what I don't understand is they're all centered around one. Oh no, maybe they're not. Sorry, they're not all centered at one. Yeah, then, yeah. Okay. Basically, you you can calculate with this uh, reversal pairs. Then you can calculate a distance matrix, right, from any cell i to any cell type j. Can you give an example, just using this, a very specific example? For instance, yeah. For example, the, I want to know the distance between two pairs. Can like you gather one? Well, those those are genes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For example, here in the middle, you have hematopoietic stem cell. So this is bone marrow That's stem one. cell, right? This okay. is uh, then you, you can have, for example, you have twenty nine thousand of gene uh, in your transcriptome, right? Then you can, for example, compare the the artery uh, this endothelial cell. So the, then you can compare with. Uh, um, Cell two uh, here, right? Artery. So yes, artery. Then epithelial cells. yeah, epithelial cells. Then you can compare. They have another twenty-nine uh, thousand gene expression patterns, right? Okay. For example, you can have uh, you have the gene like ABC, right? In in the uh, hematopoietic stem between cell. One and two, now I have these two sets. What yes. do I do with those? Yes, the two sets is you will ranking. Okay. You will from the highest expressed one, and second, third, you will have a ranking from the high to low, right? Then with second, with this uh, vascular epithelial cell, you also ranking 29,000 genes, right? Because they are different cells, so the ranking will be different. Because maybe for the epithelial cell, you will have epithelial gene highly expressed. But uh, this high hematopoietic cell, they probably have some stem cell highly expressed. So the same gene in two cell types, their position will be different. For example, like um, Nanoc, right? this, in, in this is number one. In here, for example, is number 1,000. Okay. So the reversal pair, re reversal will be like, uh, we define just like 1,000, right? The difference between the ranks? Yes, the same gene with different ranks. If I take the rank at one and the rank at the other? Yes, then you... Take the difference? Take the difference, yeah. Then you can have a... Square it? Uh, no. the sign of the... No, big, 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 the, 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 just, just absolute value. Okay. Yeah, then you can compare all the gene pairs, right? 
and then you can have a cutoff. But what, what motivates this particular distance measure? Because somehow not transitive, right? So if something is anti-correlated between A and B, anti-correlated between B and C, yeah, be correlated between A and C. Yes. Now a funny distance measure, isn't it? Yes, uh, this is totally a valid question, right? You will ask, um, use this. This is basically the anti-correlation, one way to quantify the anti-correlation. The idea behind us is in the last slide is we explained the cell differentiation come from some cross inhibition genes. So this is widely observed in biology, you have always lateral inhibitions. So here is very rough idea to, because nowadays we don't understand the whole transcription factor networks. Suppose one day with INCO, I mean last year they published only 400 genes, they have the, we hope for one day, you know, NIH will have more money, you know, then you, you, you can one day, yeah, it's doable, but you know, who knows how many years will take. If you have all the gene transcription uh, regulation understood, then we can build from scratch. Then you will not use this approximate way to get the gene inter uh, transcription factor interaction. Then we will probably, from this transcription factor network, then we can describe what you want, right? It's, it's, it's from the real gene interaction, rather than here is a rough approximation of the cross inhibition. I think it's a noble enterprise, but I, I do want, just want to understand a little bit better what's going on. If I reorder uh, the other cell types yes. from 2 to 39, I would get a, a much a very warped landscape, and, and and in the same vein, what is the x and y coordinates over which this landscape is being erected, or is that just uh, the wrong question to ask? Uh, the, the, is that that picture at the top come from a natural calculation, or is it just sort of notional, Waddington-like uh, notion? Or yeah. What's going on with that picture? Yeah, this is totally, uh, uh, the good question is ask. Uh, in this uh, picture, is this uh, really quantitatively calculated from data or just kind of approximation? What's X, what's, what's X and what's Y or, or, uh, what, what, over which you are erecting yes. this beautiful, uh, colored, uh, colorful landscape? Oh, yes. sorry, the, the, the numbers are just labels. They could be many numbers there, right? Exactly. Um, no, but that, that labeling is not important, right? Yeah, yeah, labeling is not important. That is, the labeling has nothing to do with the generation of the tree or or the landscape itself, or this on our really metric <laughs> he's producing, because it's not the rank, these numbers don't have nothing to do with the rank, the rank is in these 20,000 But aren't, uh, the, aren't those internal notes there because you believe they're the ancestral cell type of the, yes. so there is some but those it could be any number. You could put any numbers on those as long as that tree is. Yeah, but but I think the important thing is this uh, topology. You because during the development, you certainly observe some sequence during the cell differentiation. Yeah. So the, my answer would be, this is a totally valid question because we exactly calculate is the cell cell distance, right? So for this distance, this exactly calculated from the data. But how to arrange this? This is this is this is kind of undefined question, right? Because if you only have the one point to another point distance, what their x and y axis? It's not totally clear. So here for us, we 
this kind of in the graph theory, so they have some way to arrange um, the nodes with known distance in a way for your, you know, for your uh, kind of visual, visual uh, presentation. But you are right, this is not definite. You could actually have different ways, it will be different. The important thing is not the exact position, it actually is this trajectory, right? If from one cell type and another cell type, this relative stability is important because this is biological observable. You, when the, like you know, all the talkers are talk about, you have certain uh, sequence of the appearing of different cell types. So that is key point, but not this photo, and uh, not this. If I, yes. if I take away the details, which yes. uh, they still don't fully understand, so are you saying essentially when you compare these profiles, yes. these rankings, then the few genes that have a large difference in their ranking position are somehow more telling to distinguish these cell types than the many genes which have, say, a similar expression pattern. Is, is that the rational uh, the, behind this, or is, is, is this a misrepresentation? Okay, so if I understand correctly, so your question is, uh, using this method have some assumption if a few genes, they have dramatic change of ranking. You know, you yeah. know, I mean, a priori, one would rather go by similarity Right, rather than by these dissimilarities, right, and then you would could also construct the distance, right, but just comparing, the, you know, the profiles, what everybody does. So this is quite different, and I wonder sort of what the, what what the idea behind this. Yes. So yeah, your question is the traditional way to build this uh, tree is actually yeah, this is you can do the gene expression profile in the way to see how similar they are, you know, you. Clustering. Yeah, you do clustering, so this is the typical things. So, but this is exactly what we avoid to do. The reason behind this is uh, we found is just like uh, we look at during the differentiation process, right? Like uh, some gut and PU, for example, in the hematopoietic cell, gut and PU, they are very, very small. Actually, in our lab, we try to do single cell expression because exactly like, um, yeah, uh, like we said, this will be actually far, far lower expressed. But if you look at the downstream of gut and PU, they actually will be in thousands or even in millions. So for this here, our question is, if you just use normal gene expression profile, which actually will be biased upon those highly expressed genes, right? Because they actually will dominant in your gene expression profile if you do this clustering. Those guys will be dominant. So here, our idea is we try to, with the biology in our mind, so this low expressed, I mean, color PO, there could be a couple of dozens. In your similarity, you definitely will miss those genes because they are not highly expressed. So we'll try to recover with this cross inhibition will play an important role in the cell differentiation. Then we build this distance as a way to identify the development uh, pathway from, from this. But, but I totally agree. I think this is not perfect way. This, are, you yeah. just, uh, are you just taking a cutoff on the rank difference? Are you just saying rank difference larger than 100 or something? Or 
How do you do it in practice? Yes, in practice, because here we look about uh, totally will be 2,500 transcriptomes with all the available data from the public database. So basically here we have, we first do the distribution, right? You look at whole 2,500 uh, 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 this gene expressions, the transcriptomes, you say what's the distribution. Then you can de decide with that z-score, then you can decide what will be significantly to choose a cutoff. Yeah, so. But you could use the whole data set, right? And just normalize each gene, the gene expression. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can use all the data sets, because here we use the number of reversal pair then if you use all data sets, then the pair is uh, fixed. Then you have to use, for example, reversing ranking. Yeah, but, but yeah, this also a valid question is, could so we- You don't really know if, if you just did that, you'd get a different tree topology or tree. Um, this, uh, yeah, this is actually a good idea, but we didn't try. But yeah, this could be another way to reflect this as well. It just seems like you're assuming at the outset that these anti-correlated mm. genes are the ones that uh, are causal, I guess. Yes, yes, yeah. So, yeah, so actually with this, we also look at, um, look at one specific of uh, pancreas tissues. So here the idea is the same we consider there will be some gene circuit, they will regulate the cell differentiation. But like in this multicellular uh, uh, workshop, so we heard lots of, uh, during this major transition, so this intercellular, you know, large and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, so uh, there are lots of pathway actually will play a role in this multicellular transitions. So here actually we have another uh, example is actually look during the pancreas, so, differentiation. So rather than only look at this cross inhibition pairs, we also look at their uh, notch pathway. So notch pathway is basically notch and delta. So if I am the pancreas beta cell, so I will inhibit all the cell besides me to be beta cell. So this is basically the, uh, the mechanism. But also with uh, the downside, we also found another intercellular pathway they are actually, if I am the beta cell, I want all my neighbors, they are all beta cell as well. So we will actually have this two uh, different uh, mechanisms. So if we build a model of this, it will be actually, you simply you suppose you have uh, two genes, right? Then the one pair, they will have cross inhibition, and another pair will be actually, we call this community stabilities. So if you, the, the, we use the same method if you build a, a mathematical framework and then to, uh, to model this process is if you really consider here, the small letter A will be actually be the inhibition um, process. It will be the strength of the inhibition and for the small letter B, there will be actually the community stability. Yeah, basically because if A is bigger, then the inhibition will be stronger. Or if B is bigger, then this, um, uh, this community stability will be bigger. The thing we found is, 
if just by play with these two parameters, this is well known in development biology is if you have one cross inhibiting gene, you can always have checkboard pattern, right? White, black, white, black. So here is, if look at this uh, phase transition is, if under certain conditions, uh, then you can have this checkboard pattern as uh, labeled as three. So this will be checkboard pattern. But if you further increase the lateral inhibition, actually you become like a salt and pepper. So this is exactly what we, we observe in pancreas. You have 99% of the uh, pancreas tissue cell, but the really functioning pancreas beta cell, they only have 1% as isolate during the pancreas tissues. So with this model, we can actually also play around with uh, uh, with the noise term, uh, if you have the noise change exactly, so if we think noise is not a fixed parameter, this is totally valid. So if you change the noise uh, strings, then actually we found that this will control the population ratios. So this means if you see um, with same uh, noise term, so this is uh, yeah 10 to the minus one, so this is 10 to the minus two. If you change this. Uh, lateral inhibition strengths, then you will see they change gradually from the checkboard pattern, and then they become sparse, 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 and finally you can have very, very less uh, the, the isolate cell, uh, cell types. So this is actually we uh, connect to what this workshop talk about is actually intercellular pathways. So this is kind of genetic uh, mechanism to why the intercellular pathway can, can control the uh, multicellular homostasis. Just by change the intercellular gene expression, then you can just have different uh, cell ratio and different uh, uh, homostasis. Is there any question? What does why, why mean? Oh, sorry, this is just a... Uh, here, why why is just because we try to emphasize this is a community. Uh, so th this is uh, basically our the why you from the both cells. So yeah, but this is a notation problem. We maybe could again do it better. I don't understand. Is that a new variable that's constructed out of? Uh, no, here just uh, simply our. I think. I think here we, we just just notation we, we, we shouldn't. What does it mean? What is the so notation? it's y squared. It's the same as y squared. Yes, I think here is we think the b is basically the function of the both cell, right? Because the, it's community stability. It's not the function of only one y. It's from two y. This notation I should maybe one y and one two. Then it's more clear because you have the. It's not y times y. It's is it? It's it y. Is here should be exactly y1 and y2. But what it's, is y1 and y2? Is uh, you have the two variables? Yes, yeah. yes. You because you have each cell you consider their gene x1 oh. and y1, gene x2 and y2. And so y1, the derivative of y1 has a very similar form to the derivative of y2. Mm -hmm. They have yeah. the same d constants. Yes, the B B constant is the same because basically this is a this is a community uh, the the how they stable both. And they have different noise terms. Uh, here we use the 
same noise term, but noise is uh, like you mentioned. So this noise is actually could be varied, could be changed. I'm just confused because you didn't write down two different expressions for dy by dt. Yeah, yeah. One, but you want to double that. Is that correct somehow? Yeah, I think this this is some um, details because okay. um, yeah, we want to kind of simplify. The, because later on, if you do the stability analysis, you have four variable and, this, and two variable. So it's, it's kind of a simplification. And x bar is the average of x1 and x2? The bar. Yeah, what's, what's the denominator? X bar. And the Michaelis-Menten term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th that is, yeah, this is actually, you're yeah, right. This is actually, we take because um, for this cross inhibition, so we try to capture this uh, just by their average value here. So for the y, we use the same value, but for the x, we use their average one. Wouldn't the first one depend on how different uh, x1 and x2? Yeah, so. Maybe a different outcome with the same mean? Yeah, I think here, um, this is some, some detail. I think the basic idea I should write down as a full four variables. So then this makes much clearer. So this is some detail when you do some uh, stability analysis, then we just uh, simplify and have some assumption. But this is not self-clear. Yeah, this I should make it, uh, yeah, make clear. If x1 or x2 went to zero, there wouldn't be any division. X um, So, what's your question again? So, well, if for some reason one of the cells had nothing from the X gene, mm -hmm. there'd be no inhibition. Um, X one and X two, yeah, they should be a torque switch. One is high, another should be low, right? So X bar should be the X of the opposite cell. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah, right. I think average. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. This should be the opposite sales. This is just a shorthand notations. Yeah, but I make R means the other one. Yes, yes. I make apologies. Yeah, this, this, this is not um, not not the average. This should be the opposite sales. Yeah, because the Y we would consider they are more or less the same, but for the X we would consider other cell type will inhibit this cell's expression. So, okay. so then we will move from this landscape to the cell population. So, so our thinking now uh, in biology is we take one model organism or we take one gene regulator network. So we will consider how the path will be, how the cell type will be different, how the biological functions. So then we try to infer this will be a pathological state or this will be um, cell differentiation. So actually, in the cell uh, population, the expression pattern could be totally different. Even you have similar uh, gene regulatory network. So here, what we are thinking is just because uh, with the same gene regulatory network, you could have different gene expression pattern. So this is 
correspond, it's not a, exactly a pathway of different cell types to, to follow, but you could have many substates for the cell to exist. So this idea of every cell type, they could have possibility to transition to each other, and in every cell you could have different uh, gene expression profile. This gives us uh, some understanding to look at the cell differentiation. So this is exactly we do the hematopoietic differentiation. So here on the left side we use one called C-Kit. So basically this gene expression is used to signify how much cell differentiated. So if they go uh, further high, highly expressed, then there will be more uh, differentiation. So for this uh, cell population, we can use flow cytometry and take the left shoulder, middle, and the right shoulder. Then we can do uh, cell culture them again. So after like uh, two weeks, then you can see each subpopulation, so they recover exactly the same distribution as their, the, the original uh, cell populations. So if we do the transcriptal analysis, so after do the cell sorting, you can do this whole transcriptal analysis, then you can see when you immediately after the sorting, the transcription uh, factor expression will be quite different. When they reach the initial distribution, then you can say the gene expression profiles are recovered. So this idea is puzzled if you think of the pathway, if you think the cell type is fixed. So I'm going to this way, uh, go to some certain pathway. Um, when you do the sorting, so I will stay there. But this experiment exactly show when cell have uh, this pop population, it's not just a one way, uh, you know, this actually every subtype, they can transition to the other way. So this is actually one experiment to show we could have flexible of cellular subtype they can have mutation, uh, not mutation, they have transitions uh, among, this tra uh, among these cell types. And also we want to argue is this heterogeneity is also functional. Because if you pick up left uh, shoulder, then you will find this cell, they are primed to go to red blood cell. Or if you put the right shoulder, they will primed to go to a white blood cell. So that means within each cell population, this not just a pure noise. It's not just a, a by random process, some cells are higher, some cells are low. So actually, if each subpopulation, they have some biological function difference as well. But among these uh, different uh, substates, they can have a reversible transition. So this is what we try to make sense out of this experiment. I'm getting a, a bit confused. So yeah. The experiment suggesting that no matter what you do with that distribution of cells, they'll eventually go back to that yes. distribution. Yes. But you also just said that the tails are the ones that are subject to transition to another cell type. Yes, they have different 
Um, for example, you get left shoulder and right shoulder if you trade with EPO. So EPO is typically used to go to the red blood cell, cell lineage. Then you find the left shoulder will have a much higher uh, percentage for cell to go differentiation. So that's with some other extrinsic signal yeah. or something. It's outside of the domain of this experiment, I guess. Um, so what's your question then? Well, I'm not 100% sure what my question is, but I think that, I mean, what you're saying, I mean, at first I was thinking about what, what actually is a cell type if these things have all this variation. And you're saying this actually tells us there is such a thing as a cell type, I think. We, so okay, so your question is actually now this put the cell type definition in doubt as well, right? Because if you have a, a variety. I think this strengthens the depth. It makes me a little more confident there is such a thing as a particular cell type. Um, I think one I think thing. You're saying that the guys out of the tail are in some sense sort of a different cell type. They're primed to go down a different pathway. Yeah, so we would argue is if you consider the whole population, they are on a landscape, right? So if you see this is a cell uh, population uh, distribution, so some state probably they will be near to the transition point, right? So on the left shoulder, probably they are more primed to go to red blood cell. But they still have ability to return to the middle or even to the right, because the right will be primed to go to white blood cell. So here, Although there must be some point beyond which you get pushed. You can't go back. Yes, yeah, totally right. So if you go through certain, uh, yeah, certain stage, then you will lose this reversibility. So I think this actually connect. I remember. There's one talk, um, I think James gave talk, and Sandra gave some explanation. He said, uh, usually developing biology will consider every cell you have only one correct way to do the things, you know, either cell differentiation or bifurcate or bunching. But now, I think from this experiment or many other experiments to show, there's actually not only one correct way to do differentiation. It's actually, it's really, you could have a variety of ways to go cell differentiation. And here is try to argue is, we try to argue is this, uh, this they call, we call it heterogeneity, is basically in a cell type, you don't have one point, then you have Gaussian distribution around this. Actually, you could have uh, many subtypes they can have different potential to go other cell types. But these subtypes, they can reversibly transition. So the idea is to try to argue when cell do differentiation is not, uh, it's actually, I should just move on. So what our idea. I, 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 sorry yeah. to keep interrupting. Yeah. Go back to the last slide yeah. So if you, took, if you did that experiment with that little peak way to the left, would they also go back? Yeah. This actually, now we have some further experiment, not only to shoulder and the right shoulder and left shoulder. We want to have the high precision flow cytometry. We have to, to slice every slice. Then every slice will actually give you 
the exact original distribution as before. Yeah, please. How much time does it take to get back to the, the original distribution? Yeah, I, actually, I will have more data to show yeah, in the following slides. So, okay, so then I will move on since probably we'll answer more questions here. So, our argument is uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the usual way, you will actually measure the cell population. Then you will say, okay, if you have one gene expression, which is a change from one state to another state, then you will think the transition happens. But actually, they could have two scenarios. Here is if we think all the cells are uniformly to change the gene expression profile, or you have some cells they are expressed, this marker and the differentiate, and other cells they follow. So if you are in this panel, then the idea will be like this left panel, you will think you have the one peak. That means you have one gene expression. Um, the, your cell differentiation will corresponding to the slowly, gradually moving of this peak. And uh, there also another idea is when you have the, consider the heterogeneity, and also this heterogeneity will play a role. I will actually in later slides show they, they, they do. This heterogeneity will play a role in cell differentiation is when you really look at the transcript or the population gene expression profile, cell differentiation will actually corresponding, they will have a double peak appeared and then the cell will go to another state. So this actually corresponding to our argument is when you have the cell differentiation, actually there's a danger if you do the population uh, measurement of the gene expression because here when you really look at the cell population, they could actually go two different ways. So here if we take the C kit, so if you really look at the cell population, because the cell population will split to one highly expressed C kit and a low uh, C kit expressed. If you take cell population, you will average out this bifurcation. So, oops, so, so here is um, why we argue is because when the cell population, you could have this, um, you could have cell, they go different way. So that's the reason now uh, in the lab we try to push to have single cell resolution of the population gene expression profile. Because if you do the population, you actually will miss this uh, result here. So there's another uh, experiment we, uh, we done is actually this heterogeneity is not just simply go to different way. They actually sell, if you go different way, you will actually further interaction. So I think this, I, I think this is in James, he mentioned in his talk, right? Is cell, you first, you make change, and then you make the environment for other cells. And then every cell, you will also respond to your environment. So this exam, uh, experiment exactly show this is, we take the, again, so this is also the hematopoietic cell, is if you take CD11B, 
as one direction and the BCA1. So basically, you understand this uh, differentiation uh, markers. So if you treat with EPO, and then you can see the flow cytometry, you can see the whole cell population, they will have three peaks appeared. So if you, when you see the, the, tree, the, the three peaks, then if you separate the cell sorting, and then use transmembrane to, to separate the different cells and then culture them, then you will find, so this uh, transmembrane is basically, they allow small molecules to pass but they will not have cell-cell contact. So you prevent the cell contact, but you allow small, small molecule uh, to passing. So here we found is, if you observe, um, if you have, here you have um, alpha, beta is just uh, two different cell populations. If you see, if you mix them, uh, uh, sorry, if you separate them, means the A, dot, beta, and gamma, it just means if you put them in this transmembrane, right, if you se separate three cell types, then you can see, compare with cell itself, or you are well mixed, then you will feel this shift of the peak will be much slower. So in the sense is, when you do cell sorting, put different cell types in a transmembrane, you're forbidden them to crosstalk. Actually, they will slow down the cell differentiation. So th this is a, another, I think, example to support this cell you change, then you form other cells environment, but then this environment will comes back and influence your own differentiation. So um, with this um, idea, we understand the cell differentiation is actually our epigenetic uh, change. So you don't, even you have a dramatic cell type change, but you don't need mutation in your genomes. So with this idea, we, we think actually for the cancer cell, uh, you know, usually you have this clonal evolution, you will think you need um, uh, the multiple heat mutations for the cancer cell to gain the, you know, angiogenesis, to growth without uh, the growth factor and also avoid the apoptosis, it's also a huge dramatic change. But now we use the somatic evolution, we will consider this driving by some mutations. So our thinking is, if for cell differentiation for such big uh, cell phenotype change, you don't need gen genetic mutation to make it, why we need use genetic mutation to gen explain the cancer cell formation. So the, the same idea is if we, our genome, if considered is a wired network, they could have many possible substate or state. So we could explain as you could have, you could have these mutations and also uh, without mutations, so for cell type, you change one state to another state, you can understand as a natural selection process is I can randomly go different cell lineage and my environment select me. Or you understand there are just two different cell types. There are two different um, states in this landscape. They can just transition to each other. You give the signal, then they can transition from one state to another state. 
So this gave us the uh, thinking. So this actually in, in Swiss, uh, uh, is a beautiful read uh, papers, is to argue is uh, many, if we understand civilization could be some state on this landscape, it's also possible without genetic mutation to make the cancer cell happen. So this exactly is kind of change of the philosophy thinking is if we have the biological facts, you have a beautiful vase of the flowers, then you want to build a model or theory to explain, you draw pictures. You could have one approach is you go to every details, you draw the flower, you draw the vase, and you use one more and one more to understand everything in details. Then you have the whole image of biological reality. Or you can have an alternative approach is let's have some abstraction. Let's have more and more details upon this abstraction. Then you will finally get the biological uh, facts as well. So this is our idea is if we understand the, all the human genomes, if you can really one day understand all the genetic interaction, then we can understand there will be a landscape in this uh, process. Then we understand the cell differentiation will be the, from the embryo stem cell. Then with the time uh, goes on, so this will just be a cell differentiation will be just all the possible state with different relative stability, which give us all the different cell types. And one, if they are near to each other, then you have many substrate. They can transition to each other. And in different level, if you're in a higher level, for example, if you're over there, then you have certain possibility to go all the cell type below you. So this idea is uh, just from the genetic interaction, we can build our landscape image to help us to understand how the uh, cell differentiation will happen. And with the same idea we will consider, the cancer cell probably you will be some hidden possible steady state in your genome. But because your development barrier is so high, they're usually not reachable. So they are not under the evolution selection to have the cell, cell intercellular collaboration. So in this case, if you have a mutation, which destroy the development barrier, which makes them difficult to reach, is actually means you change the landscape, which make the inaccessible hidden tractor in your genome will be accessible. So the one idea is, uh, I think this for Paul Davis, uh, he has a beautiful paper to explain I think the cancer, cancer cell state probably corresponding to the early mental drawers, early state, like you know you have hydro, right? You can cut it into pieces, but each pieces they can re, re, uh, regenerate the whole body of the hydro. Is is probably the cancer state will corresponding to the in the early evolution. So mental drawer cell, you need this high plastic and high regenerative state. But when the higher 
uh, metadraw differentiation uh, genetic program develop, so this state is separated. So this is not accessible anymore. But for the, so that's, that's one argument we are using is, because this state is highly plastic, it's highly uh, mutate, mutable, right? It can change. So if you use drug treatment, this actually is uh, the way to make it, push it, because the drug with, uh, with uh, stress, they will actually be more plastic. So that's the reason cancer cell usually will quickly gain the drug resistance very quickly. And uh, in our, uh, we actually have one example to show this is we take the leukemia uh, HL60 cell and we exactly use the same mentality we have if we use flow cytometry and use MDR1 as gene expression profile you can see here you have two different cell populations and with this if we again try to sort two cell type and need them to recover then this answer your question, right? So what's the time for? So for this majority of the cell population, they only take like half day. Two hours, they can recover this distribution. But if you take this right shoulder tail, because um, it's only 2%, so this actually takes 17 days to recover the process, uh, the, the distribution. So for this two cell type, they also have a biologically uh, functional dif uh, difference. So if you in the normal case do the sorting and then grow the cell, then the, the blue line means the majority of cells, they can grow faster than the red line. But if you treat it with uh, chemo drugs, then things will be reversed. So the blue line actually, the cell they will grow slower and the red cell will grow faster. So here is, if you do the sorting, this two type of cell, they can actually transition to each other. We try to understand uh, this with a simple model. Just think if you have the blue cell, which is MDR low. Uh, by the way, uh, MDR is basically one uh, membrane protein. It's basically a pump. So when you MDR1 highly expressed, so then all the uh, chemical stuff in the cell will be pumped out. So this why is MDR means multiple drug resistant gene. So we use this gene as a marker to say they have the low state and high state. And then we consider these two states, they can actually transition to each other. And then we can build a very simple model. Um, and so this time we're just uh, uh, to say they have the growth rate as G and also have a transition rate uh, as K. So we can build this population uh, model. When we try to understand is, suppose there's no transition, because there's one thing people would argue is your cell sorting will never be 100% accurate. You could have, for example, in, the, in your majority blue cell, you could have a few red cells. They in inherently will have different growth rate. So one thing we did is, after we do the measurement of uh, how many days they need to recover, uh, if you separate what the growth rate, but the transition rate we don't know. Then we put all the data together, we try to argue is, if you take the transition away, suppose this is purely uh, 
selection, right? You just, you don't have transition. It's just uh, HDR low is genetically decided to be low, and the high will be genetically decided to be high. If you take away all the transition away, you say the K is equal zero. Then this, um, we draw this um, kind of like a, um, uh, like a heat map to show the, all the possible, uh, this is the cell ratios, uh, which, uh, which we normalized is, uh, if we draw the line is, if we set K equal to zero, and uh, then you can draw all the possible, uh, if you under, uh, try to study the influence of growth rate and the transition rate, then you can get their influence on the cell ratio. And actually, the white dot is show from the experiment is shows there's no parameter will give us a fitting if you set the k equal to zero. The another way is to to show the growth rate and transition rate difference is we can actually take the ratio of the two different cell population and the, the ratio of the transition of two population to study the influence. So if you say the growth rate will change from very, very small to almost equal, and also the transitions are very, very different to almost equal, then we can see the growth rate difference will have much lower influence than the transition rate. The transition rate is a, like, a, like a leading term, a predominant factor to influence the cell to reach this, uh, this fixed ratio or this fixed cell distribution. So actually with this idea is we try to give us if if use this cell uh, cancer could be a one state, could we actually change our uh, usually we, we found the cancer drugs will be found some causal pathway which causes cancer, uh, or some specific pathway of cancer cell, we can find the drugs which block this pathway, and then the cancer will be killed. Then we can change this mentality is, if we think cancer cell is really one state in this all the possible substate, we can use the drug to perturb this cell out of this uh, state. So the idea is, when we have the cancer cells, they usually have the stem cell state. Uh, traditionally, we will use drugs to cause cell to go apoptosis or just block the cell cycle, uh, have cause the cell cycle arrest. So this will be the traditional to find cancer drugs. But here is we try to find the drugs. They can cause cancer to differentiate. So do you remember in this landscape, so the cell will actually go to the bottom try, uh, position. Then this cell usually will lose their prolifer proliferation. So with this, uh, we, get, uh, we get the funding uh, to actually to do a large uh, dr a drug screening project. So this basically we look at the breast cancer, FCF7. So we screened about 1,500 uh, of FDA approved drugs. The idea is because this is um, the breast cell, so the normal cells they will, um, if they are functioning, so they will have some lipid vesicles, uh, then they can secrete the milk. 
So we use some protein dye, so when this cancer cell is treated with different dose of this 1500 of drugs, then we use this protein dye to dye the cell which has the lipid vesicle appear. Then we can count, for example, you have 1000 cells, after treated with 5 days, uh, how many percent of the cell will appear uh, lipid vesicle. So after, uh, this is a two and a half year project, so we found that there are 16 drugs. They actually have a, a, a variety of probability to make cell uh, to transition. So our cutoff is like 30% will be the least efficiency we want. So with uh, this 16 drugs, they can make the cancer cell to have this phenotype transition. We try to understand what is the molecular mechanism behind this. So this is actually we do the transcriptome. Uh, every line is just one drug. Every column will be one time point. So this will be like day one. So this will be day three. This will be day five. And some data sorts, uh, some drugs we have actually all five day uh, data. So from from this data we found is um, if you really look at all 29,000 gene expressions then you will see the initial state and final state, the change is minimal. It's not surprising because we know for the cell differentiation program is if you have any two different cell types, no matter how f uh, f f f their f f uh, morphology is different, it's only about 20% they are different. They are the same cell line. They only change slightly about their cell state. So it's not surprising, maybe only around 5% of the gene they are expressed. So now we apply with two-fold change. So basically only look at those, they are up-regulated or down-regulated genes. Then you can see um, the cell, if you look at the small cell type, then you can see these genes, they are really uh, obviously changed. Another, uh, I, uh, highlights is when you really look at there are 16 different drugs but when you look at the final gene expression pattern they are very similar if you look at the intermediate state like the day three they are totally different they are totally totally different 16 drugs but why the 16 different drugs they will actually at the end time point they can give you very similar uh, gene expression pattern. So this is the same thing we uh, use another way to say if the gene expression, they are variation a lot. So basically it's choose most uh, uh, cha mostly changed uh, gene expression. Then we look at, we found the same pattern here. So different drugs at final state, they actually will have some very similar gene expression profile. So if we do some clustering analysis of the final state, we can actually see um, these 16 drugs, they can actually fall into two different tracks, uh, not just kind of two patterns that are very similar to each other. It's like uh, probably this guy, this guy will be one and the, yeah, all others will be very similar to each other. So with this idea, we try to understand uh, so this is another way to present the same data. 
and is if we do the dimension reduction because you have 29,000 genes it's impossible for us to visualize if you do the uh, PCA is basically you compress your compress the high dimension into three dimension the red ball will be the day one and the green ball will be the day five and then the blue ball will be the day three then you can see actually uh, this uh, black ball will be actually exactly the first day so you, you can see during this uh, you know, drug response process they will, at the day five, they will actually form some clustering to each other. So this actually uh, gave us some kind of idea is when cells make transition, they actually could go different way and uh, then you can finally reach the final state in the similar way uh, as we described in this Netscape image. So we can also do some uh, traditional way to use uh, go-term enrichment. If we have the genes that are highly expressed uh, or up or down regulated, we found is for those cells that are really response to the drug, they actually have increased uh, response to hormone and uh, they have histone or chromatine modification, also apoptosis. So it's not surprising because when cells go differentiation, so they usually will have higher chance to go apoptosis. And um, there's some further analysis. Um, yeah, the idea here is try to see. Um, they, are, they are very interesting to see here we, when we do the, to look at all the setting drugs. Cell uh, not only more differentiated if you do the gene uh, set enrichment in those population, they actually have some uh, cancer gene pathway also upregulated. So this is actually corresponding to our idea is when you with drug, right? Drug the cell response is actually polarized. You have one cell they follow the differentiation, they go to another state, but another uh, subpopulation probably they became more malignant because this drug triggers them into. Uh, um, more this oncogene expression um, state. So, yeah, I will skip that. So, th this is basically we also want to understand what these drugs are, right? Because they, they are really such a, some could have such an efficient one. But it's totally a surprise. Because if you really look at these drugs, most of them they're just uh, anti depression or anti psychosis drugs. So, that means uh, these drugs. They are just supposed. They are not just do what they're supposed to do. They are actually have some unusual um, uh, some effects in the cell differentiation differentiation um, uh, process. So this is one our uh, final slide is try to see if we look at all those sixteen drugs, uh, if they done the same thing or similar thing. Do they have common drug targets? Um, and also, in this process, which minimal gene subset they can play the role to make this transition happen? So basically, this way we did some uh, analysis by look at the gene, uh, the every drug, the possible drug targets, and then here every dot is give you 
the quantity, how many overlapping drug targets. So with this uh, information, then we can also identify what possible drug targets will be play an important role in this uh, transitions. Then we identify a few genes. So this probably we can use RNAi to do some lockout and to see if those genes they will be really functional. The colors or the levels of overlapping of the drug targets. Yeah. So you can see actually uh, quite they, they yeah they, they, they for some clusters they already have a uh, lot of overlap of drug targets. So uh, my conclusion here is um, we try to understand, we start with cell differentiation. We try to understand this cell differentiation is not a genetic uh, change. It's just a epigenetic change. Our genome is wired in such a way it allow cell could have robust and stable gene expression, uh, expression patterns. And also, we, our hypothesis is, since this dramatic cell differentiation could be a process uh, not involved in genetic change, and then cancer, um, they certainly have gene factor in it, but they also have a big influence of this epigenetic change. With this idea in mind, we actually designed some experiment uh, to understand the cell population of cancer cells and also uh, use this results to develop some possible new way of cancer therapy. Just rather than kill the cancer cell, we try to use some specific drugs to make those cells go differentiation and then go to some less, prolifer uh, less proliferation and a less malignant state. Um, so thank you. So are there uh, questions that were asked? So instead of the war against cancer, we should have a war against uh, deterministic attractors. <laughs> yeah. Deterministic, embryonic, uh, archaic attractors. Yeah, I think. The philosophy. Yeah, I think the philosophy is probably uh, rather than kill the cancer cell itself, probably we can, by understanding the regulation uh, mechanism of cell type changing, then we can use the knowledge we gain there to develop some drug which actually can make cell uh, to change the phenotype without a genetic change. I guess people were questioned out during the talk. Okay, thank you, Joseph. Uh, uh, so th this is the last activity today, I guess. Uh, but on Monday, uh, we have uh, Cassandra Extovor is going to give the Blackboard lunchtime talk for the whole KITP. So that'll be here at 12.15. So everyone should get their lunch before 12.15, and uh, you can bring your lunch to that if you've never been to one of the Blackboard talks. 
Uh, and really, the Blackboard talk is not for us. It's for the other program people. So last time we had a Blackboard talk, the speaker hardly got through his talk because he, uh, at least from our program, uh, the last time we had one from our program, he, uh, he prepared a kind of ambitious thing and uh, people from our program kept interrupting him with little details. Like, oh, you, you, you didn't say that exactly right. And he, they didn't understand. It wasn't for us. It was for the other program. So people who are coming to the Blackboard talk on Monday, remember that she might uh, gloss over some things, that some details that or may, may be little points for us. But it's really to give the general idea to the other programs. So, OK. Point that out. All right, thank you. OK, thank you.